When running a business, your employees can create all kinds of interesting situations, like getting complaints because someone on the team always smells horrible. You better talk to Bambi. With Bambi, get access to your own dedicated HR manager starting at just $99 per month. They're available by phone, email, and real-time chat, so onboarding and terminations run smoothly. Team members reach peak performance, and your business stays compliant with changing HR regulations. And with Bambi's HR Autopilot, you'll automate important HR practices like setting policies, training, and feedback. Bambi's U.S.-based personnel are dedicated to your business, giving you access to the HR expertise and personal touch you need. HR managers can easily cost $80,000 per year, but Bambi starts at $99 per month. Schedule your free conversation today to see how much Bambi can take off your plate. Visit Bambi.com slash C-Suite right now. Spelled B-A-M-B-E-E dot com slash C-Suite. Bambi.com slash C-Suite. Megan Gibson. The well-being of one person in a family affects the whole family system. This is a supportive community to share research, resources, stories, tips, and life hacks to keep the family brain healthy. Hi, and thanks for listening to The Family Brain. I'm your host, Megan Gibson, and today I'll be joined by Paige Taunts, who is the founder of The Confident Athlete. The Confident Athlete is a mentorship program for young female elite athletes in high school and college, and just Paige basically helps mentor young athletes in balancing and managing the schedules and the demands of being a young athlete. She was a young athlete herself and found that there was a need for support in this space and so developed the confident athlete. And we talk a lot about how young women athletes in particular are managing during this time of the coronavirus and all the changes in life right now. And I just think it's really cool to hear what supports are out there for people. If you have a child or someone you know who is a young athlete or pass this on to them, I'm guessing that they could really relate to some of the things we talk about and just the balancing act of it all. So thank you so much to Otherworld Computing for sponsoring this podcast. Otherworld Computing has everything you need for your Macintosh. They have accessories, upgrades, anything you need to keep your Mac going. So thanks for sponsoring. Hi, Paige. Thanks so much for joining me on The Family Brain today. Thank you so much for having me. I've been looking forward to this all week. Oh, good. It's fun. It's fun to connect with somebody new. And I really don't know that much about like sports mentoring specifically. Can you tell me a little bit about um, what your program is all about? Yeah. So I um, have a program called The Confident Athlete. And as I've been doing this for the past year and a half, almost, almost coming up on two years, I have just kind of looked at my own experience as an athlete. Um, I played, you know, since I played competitive softball since I was 10, um, all the way up until high school and then went on and played at, um, at the division one level. So it's just always been kind of a part of what I do and a part of me. And, um, when I was finished, I was kind of just like looking back at my own experiences and 
noticing like where I struggled or where, you know, we always look back like, Oh, I wish I would have known this, or I wish I would have done this. And a lot of the things that just kept coming back for me was that confidence piece. And, um, you know, whether or not I really believed in myself or how confident I was at the plate and, and those kinds of things. And it was interesting because my senior year, I had my first three years of college, I kind of, I really struggled um, with the hitting side of stuff. And my senior year, there was like this, this switch, this, this thing that happened, which was that I had just kind of let go of the results and the outcomes and just, you know, did the things that I could control and had fun with it and let you know was more involved with the process rather than results which is harder (laughs) to do than said um but i was just looking at it and i just started sharing about that on my social media because i didn't really know where it was leading or where what i wanted to do with it i just kept sharing my story and i had more and more parents and girls that are like oh my gosh like i feel like that too or like and it was like always the confidence piece and i asked girls all the time like how do you want to feel out on the field or out on the court when you compete and the the like number one answer most of the time is confident so um i wanted to be able to um share with these girls how to create their own confidence how to become confident in different mental training skills and tools that help them be more confident so that they can ultimately have more fun and be more successful. That's awesome. I bet there are people who don't play sports that are like, can I do it? I'll pretend to play something just to help me with my confidence. (laughs) I know. Like I don't exclude people. Like this is definitely like the process that we go through, like anyone could really go go through and it's and honestly I I got so into the self-development and just like working on myself especially after college because after being an athlete and then going into the real world I went through this phase where I was just like I don't know who I am or like what I want to do that whole identity kind of crisis thing and um so like just the self-development piece and leaning in that and learning a lot more about me and being the best version of myself. I mean, that's really what the confident athlete is all about. It's just got like this sports, um, you know, background and experiences in it and how to use that in sport. But it's really cool because the girls get everything I teach the girls that is helping them with games and practices and things like that and failures and challenges like they can use it in school and in life and with their families and things too. So I love, that's my favorite age group is sort of the young adult teenage years because they're starting to come into their own and they're just like trying to test out different things. Sometimes working with adults, I mean, adults are fantastic also, but they've been doing whatever they've been doing for a long time. And so change can be harder sometimes or, or looking at things in a new way. And I feel like that age group can be so open to, Mm-hmm. something new. Yeah. Yeah, totally. I absolutely love working with my, actually my favorite is like that eighth grade, seventh, eighth grade transition into high school. Mm-hmm. Like they're start, they're teenagers now, but they're also going through this like pretty big transformation or transition into high school. And they're still like not too cool. <laughs> right. So they're listening and hearing and like asking for help and things like that. So I love working with the girls and that, like, that's my, that's my favorite age. I do work with girls from eight to all I've had like an 18 year old too. So, um, I think one day I would love to work more with 
girls in the college um, space or even like right after that young adult space. Cause I know it, that's somewhere where I struggled a lot too. And it's I a big used, transition. Yeah, yeah. Some help. So what have you been hearing from your community? So I'm recording this series about coping with COVID-19 and I'm just curious, what are you hearing from this age group and these girls going through? I mean, if sports is a big part of your life and during this time, you're not able to do that. What, what are you hearing from your yeah, community? Yeah, that's a great question. And it's funny because I, um, I had a program where girls could, um, could come in whenever they wanted to. It was kind of like an evergreen program. They come into the group and you know, we get, I get them onboarded and then we, they get into the group and we're learning and things like that. And when the COVID stuff hit, I was really kind of just thinking, kind of like observing and like thinking, like figuring out what was going on for them and finding out how they were feeling. And I think it really depends on kind of like each of their different households, like whether you know, their parents are in a lot of fear of what's going on or, you know, there's just all sorts of things. But um, one of the things that I noticed when they lost school and there wasn't any school anymore, they were like lost. They like had no structure. They, the consistency piece. So something I actually added right away um, in order to add some value to these families and to the girls ultimately was these, I had these like bonus sessions and I did like a morning call every Monday through Friday. So something that they could, you know, set their alarm if you know, time, time zones were a little bit different. Some of them were like at lunch at this mm -hmm. point, but they, something that they could, you know, get up, set their alarm for be on. And it was really just like a morning routine. Um, it was my own morning routine that I just shared with the girls and it's all stuff that I teach the girls, but we would get on and, um, we would, you know, talk about what we were grateful for, write down, you know, something that we love about ourselves, um, write down our affirmations and practicing that positive self-talk. We would do some visualization. Um, and then I would have them answer some kind of journaling question, kind of like a reflection question. Um, so, but they had that every single morning and I just found that they found so much like security and confidence in that routine and that structure. And I was thinking about my own program because we meet, um, we have a monthly call and then there's some other, you know, fun things in between like guest speakers and, and, uh, check-ins. But I found that I was like, I really need to create something that's very similar to school because that's, what's working for these kids. And they were like, I don't know what to do, how to do things, how to be independent without school. Oh, and another thing we did on the calls was we would, uh, create a to-do list. So what are the things prioritize and then create a schedule for the day. And that was helping them tremendously. So what I, something that I just really felt was like these girls and kids in general just need that consistency and routine. Um, and it was just really neat to be able to teach them some of those things during this time. Um, but for my new program, I've created a lot more consistency and routine and things like that because I, I saw how much it helped them learn and grow and, and kind of navigate what's going on. So yes. that was a big like aha during the COVID. That's what's so cool. I mean, there, I feel like there are some silver linings in all of this horribleness in which like we're kind of learning more about ourselves and what works and what we really need and what we don't need. Mm -hmm. Um, but that's what I love about the mentorship program, because as a parent, 
if I sat down with my child and did a lot of these things, they would be like, oh my gosh, when is this over? This is torture. But right. get peers together with someone who is leading the way. And I think it's a very different outcome. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's such a great resource to, because a lot of times, even if parents know to do these things, it's not very easy to get welcome ears. Right, right. And it's funny because anytime that I talk to a parent, I'm like, you know, I'm going through like, I'm all excited. I'm like, this is the things that they're going to learn and teach. And this is what we do. And I'm like, you're probably telling them all the same things that I'm telling them. But for some, like for some reason, I don't know why, but we just don't like to listen to our parents. Like even I would tell them like, even myself today, like I continually like tell my mom, I'm so sorry. I didn't listen to you. Like you were saying all the right things. I just had to hear it from somebody else. And it was so funny. Like it happened, you know, I'm 28 and it happened like a month ago where I was like, just feeling a little stressed and feeling like the, you know, pressure and stuff. And she was telling me all this great stuff. And she like, you know, she, she uh, teaches a lot with, through faith and things. And she's like, you need to go to this and blah, blah, blah. And like, okay, I know you're right. You know, like I heard it for sure. And then and one of my friends or like peers, um, she basically said the same exact thing a little bit differently. And I was like, Oh my gosh, mom, like she told me all these things. It makes so much (laughs) sense. And I'm like, but it was pretty much what you told me too. So thank you. Yes. (laughs) But at least I can acknowledge it now. But like as a kid, you're like, "Mm, Nope, that's not cool. If you're going to do it, I'm not going to do it. (laughs) Well, and I think that that's where the kids get a lot of this stuff at school through other other adult figures and through mm-hmm. mentorship programs like this. And now that school is not happening, it makes it that much more important to have other adult contact that you, yeah. that you will listen to. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm sure you can relate to this so much, but I feel like I get to be this, this like third party that comes in and you know, I don't know what's happened in the past. I don't know what's going on at home all the time. I'm not in it. I'm not the coach either. So I get this, like this different platform, like this different experience with the girl, um, Mm -hmm. as a, as a mentor really. And just somebody to kind of have so that they, they're heard and understood and, um, it is really neat because I've been, I've gone through the same experiences as them. So I, I am like very understanding when a parent, maybe a parent hasn't played sports and like, that's totally okay. But it's like, they see me, they, they're like, they, she like looks like me. She talks like me. She's been through what I have. And I think that that creates like a very really, like unique bond and which is what I love about working with the girls. Yeah. And I think sometimes we lose sight of sports and how much, usefulness it, it, there is in developing character and developing life skills. And it's not about winning the game all the time, you mm-hmm. know, and I think some really good coaches do that well. And then in other instances, maybe that's not done as well. And it can be easy to get lost in all of that, I would think. Yeah, totally. Cause it gets so competitive and so crazy sometimes that it's like, what are we really trying to do here? And, and I, I know, you know, firsthand, like I'm extremely competitive and you lose sight of what's like really important. And I, it's, it's really neat when I get to 
meet a new family um, where I'm talking to the parent and I was talking about my mission and my passion to help these girls, you know, understand and how to get like get past failure, to look at failure differently, to just think about failure and challenges in a different way um, and even like success in a different way. Um, but using these tools and they're like, like, this is so amazing because this is going to help them so much further than just their sport. And I'm like, okay, I love, I like, I'm like, I love you. You get it. <laughs> you're on board. Yeah. Like it's the parents that understand it. And like, you're like, okay, that feels really good because right. they get that it's so much more than just the sport. It's like those life lessons through sports. And I, gosh, I can't even count how many lessons I've learned from my experiences. I was reading something the other day. Do you follow, I don't know her name, but it's the <laughs> healthy is the new skinny. Do you know uh, that woman? I don't. She's like a former model, but like she was considered a plus size model when she wasn't, what, oh gosh, I need to look up her name. Uh -huh. um, but she was talking about how there's a lot of pressure on female athletes to not just perform, but to also be a certain body shape. Mm -hmm. Is that something that you talk about with your athletes? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's so funny that you say that I have a guest speaker. Um, so I have a guest speaker once a month and the guest speaker, um, that I chose for this month, she's a nutritionist and I asked her to come and talk about just food and fueling our bodies, um, and looking at food, especially as an athlete to fuel yourself and to give you energy and those things. But also I really am looking forward to her talking about um, like body image and, you know, what that, that looks like. And, you know, it's not something that is brought up a lot because I think it is like so personal and it's like almost embarrassing for the girls to talk about or share even with me. Um, so I, I really love bringing some experts that mm -hmm. have a little bit more background in it and to talk to the girls about it and just kind of open up that conversation. Um, because I'm sure so many, I mean, we all, I feel like we all feel like that at some point it's like, well, you know, I'm, my thighs are too big or, you know, this is good, but I don't know what's going on down there kind of thing. Yes. We're always going to have like that, that little like twinges of self-consciousness about our bodies. So I'm, I'm really excited for her to come in and share a little yeah. bit more about that. That sounds great. So the woman's name is Katie Wilcox. Okay. She like healthy is the new skinny. Okay. She, um, she does a lot. She does a lot of different postings about health, but, um, I was just interested. I read some of the comments and there were a lot of women commenting that they had been in, in sports and athletes and that there was always some sort of commentary on their body as well. And that it wasn't just about the sport and yeah. that oftentimes with men, it, that is not the case. It's as right. long as you're performing well in your sport, no one really cares what your right. body looks like. Yeah. I feel like it's always, well, I mean, I have, I was a catcher, um, growing up and I always remember even like today when I tell people, Oh, like I was a catcher in softball and they're like, like, what? Like you seem kind of small to, to be a catcher. And like, so everybody thinks like catchers are supposed to be like bigger, which mm -hmm. is, not true at all especially if you watch softball to like today like there's some incredibly fit catchers mm -hmm. and they're not like big and like there's just like like there can be all different and that's actually kind of why I love softball I mean I, I I get to work with a lot of other sports and athletes doing other sports but I love softball because you can be like 
any shape and size and be successful in the sport. Um, but yeah, it's, it is crazy how, I mean, even when I got to college, they're like, well, you need to gain like some weight, like you need like, and I understand like I gotta get stronger and those kinds of things, but it's like, we looked at it, like you look at it as Oh, like I need to gain weight, not like I need to get stronger, which is probably right. what her message surrounds a lot. It's like that's being strong instead of, or healthy instead of um, skinny or whatever it is. Yeah. It's just, it's interesting. Women, I think sometimes get, and I'm sure there are men, you know, that deal mm-hmm. with this as well, but I think um, you're talking to women. So yeah, I think of the first thing that comes to mind is football and like even <laughs> wrestling. Like there's so much horrible stuff that goes on with the wrestling because they have to make weight. And it's just like, I, I haven't experienced a lot of it, but I did see like a little bit through college and even in high school, like kids would be like, yeah, I can't, you know, eat anything because mm-hmm. I got to make weight today. I'm like, that's like not okay. <laughs> like that's, you need to eat in order to even perform later. So it's like, you're probably not in the right weight category, but they just keep doing it like that. And I think about my brother who, um, he played football, like youth football, and they have to be in a certain like weight class because there's some kids that are going to be really big and there's some kids that are going to be really small. And I know it's a safety thing, but I'm like, I felt bad for him because he could, he never could be like in his own age group because he was a big kid mm-hmm. and you know, he played college football too. And there's just like a lot of, I know that they have to go through a lot of like different transformations with their bodies. Um, so we yeah, have definitely an interesting topic. Yes. Um, so is there anything that you were hoping I would ask you more about that I haven't asked about? Oh man, that's a good question. I I was just, you know, as I've listened and I get to discover your podcast, you know, talking about families and something that I've been really trying to put more of an emphasis on is, you know, the parents, because, you know, I could teach their kids and talk to their kids as much as I, I want and teach and learn and go back and forth. But, you know, it's like, what's happening at home all the time. And it's funny because I started a Facebook group for parents because I wanted to be able to help support them better and help them, you know, raise confident young women and confident athletes. Um, I even have parents in there with, you know, sons and, and boys too. But, uh, something that's been kind of interesting is like, I'm teaching them literally the same things that I teach the girls, but just like in a parent mode or like an adult mode. Mm -hmm. Like I just, the other day I taught, I did a live training on um, how, like how to use your planner because something that comes up for the girls a lot is they like, I just, I'm stressed. Like I can't, I don't know how to, you know, um, balance all my sports and my practices and lessons. And then also like get all my school done and projects and things like that. So I actually am like teaching the parents the same thing. And I always say like, we had this conversation earlier about, or the kids not really listening to their parents or not hearing them. Mm-hmm. And like, they might not like listen to you, but they're definitely watching and observing. And I'm sure you've talked about this before is like, it's like their actions speak so much louder than their words as parents. And they're like 
they're washing like hawks, even though they don't think they are. And they tell them right. that all the time. It's like, so what are we doing? And it's almost like a little ego check. Like, what are you guys doing to be better examples for their kids? And of course, parents always want to be great examples. It's like, what are like, what are these little things that you could start doing where they're going to see and be like, oh, well, that's working for mom or that's working for dad. Maybe I should do that too. So right. um, that's just something that's been kind of, new and relevant recently that I was thinking for your, for your audience and families, like that's a really important piece. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's where the family brain idea came from was just because so often parents will, you know, show up with their child, like, okay, here's, here's the issue. Yeah. We'll be back to pick it up when it's fixed, you know, and that like, they're not a part of it at all. And I mean, I get it. I, I know how difficult it is to be a good role model at all times or to, mm -hmm. to sort of, question your own piece in the puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, but I think it's critical. Like you can't, you can't have any change that doesn't happen within the whole family, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. It's like a culture thing, kind of like a team. Yeah. Right? It's like the team, you have to like change and shift and grow in order to have a different culture. It's like the same thing in the family and like your family is your main team. So what's going on there and how to help and support them there so that they can be more successful with me and with their team, with their, their actual like sports teams. And, right. and so that's, that was just something I was thinking about when I was thinking about your audience and your, the families and, and that aspect. Yes. No, it's all very connected. Um, what about you? What are you doing to sort of keep yourself feeling healthy during these odd pandemic days <laughs> do you have sort of like a touchstone practice that you yeah. keep or what's critical for you well I'm feeling really lucky that I live in Arizona because things have started to open up but when we were really like in the thick of it um something that had continued to like help me stay level-headed and at peace and was like what I was talking about those bonus sessions I did with the girls so that's like a that's a routine that I already do and it's like that morning routine to just get me off on the right start and I know lots of people talk about morning routines but I feel like everybody talks about it because it works <laughs> and mm -hmm. um and it's just like creating that one like that kind of routine that works for you so it's you know, my self-talk and affirmations. I, I'm a big believer of like, if I'm going to teach my girls this, like I'm, I should be doing this too, or something that I've been doing that I know works. Um, so I teach the girls that, but affirmations, the self-talk practice, like just putting those like positive thoughts in our head constantly, because I definitely have like athlete brain and I'm extremely hard on myself. And if I don't like check myself in the morning then and I there's days that I don't do it I'm like oh like I am feeling off I'm feeling stressed I'm feeling like a lot of the pressure especially being a newer like business owner and entrepreneur it's like constantly navigating that roller coaster feeling um so self a lot of self-talk and affirmations um scripture and just uh lots of gratitude um and then of course my like i think the thing that keeps me most sane is working out um being active that's been like my saving grace through all of this 
Um, my gym opened up this week, so we were pretty, I was pretty excited about mm-hmm. that. And I didn't have like, I didn't get to actually, I do CrossFit. I love CrossFit. Um, I didn't get to actually lift a lot of weights during this time, but I still like continually moved my body and just funny how getting back to the gym and, you know, CrossFit's very community based, but just being in that environment and being able to lift, I was like, it was like crazy to me. I was thinking about this on Monday after I had finished. I was like, lifting and being active, like makes me feel so strong and confident. And it's just like crazy how that has such a direct correlation to how we show up in other areas of our life. So that has been pretty much what I've been doing to stay sane. (laughs) Well, I was just talking to a friend about this and how we, you know, there's a lot of things we kind of know feel good to us, but it's when really difficult times strike that you're like, okay, what are those things? Like, I need to make a list. I need to make sure I'm like committed almost on a new level to it because when, like you were saying, when you don't do it, it you can tell, you know, yeah, like, oh, I maybe totally. didn't get outside yesterday. That didn't feel very good. Yeah. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's it, awesome. Um, one of the girls that I work with, um, she's 10. So like, she's pretty young and it's so cool to see her grasping these concepts. She doesn't love running. Like probably a lot of us don't love running, but, um, she was using affirmations surrounding her running workouts because she plays soccer and lacrosse. And, um, she's been writing those down before she goes to work out. And she told me, she's like, one morning I did it really early and I didn't write down my affirmations or I didn't even say them to myself before and it did not go as well as they were. So like they're seeing how that's, that's making an impact on their end results and that process. And of course I love talking about the growth mindset and learning about that and sharing that with parents and families and how it's like, we have to like focus so much more on the process rather than those end results, which in in the beginning I said, it's so hard to do. Like it's Mm -hmm. so hard like of those results and outcomes. But when you do, it's like that magic happens. And what a gift for kids to learn this at 10 instead of like me at 40. Like, you know, I'm I just, know. I'm just putting the pieces together. Like it's so awesome that just to get even the concepts yeah. at such an early age is such a gift. Yeah. Yeah. I a lot of parents are like, well, my daughter's 10. Like, is this like, it's going to be a good fit. I'm like, honestly, like the earlier they learn this, the Mm -hmm. easier it's going to be. And of course it's going to, you know, it's going to look a little bit different at 10 than it does at 16 and they're going to continue to grow and, and use the tools in different ways, but it's like, they know it and they know it's like back in the back of their mind or they have it. It's just figuring out ways to use it in different ways as they grow and get older. I love that. Thank you so much. This is such an awesome program. I might have an eight-year-old for you. (laughs) <laughs> right there in the house <laughs> yeah yeah hold on let me go over no, I'm uh well thank you so much for talking to me I love hearing more about your program and it's such an awesome resource I think it's I don't know it's just really cool when people can come together around a shared experience and just kind of feel understood you know yeah. and feel like okay there's some tools to help me it's great mm-hmm. well thank you so much I I feel so honored to be able to be on your podcast and share, you know, what I'm, what I'm doing and all the stuff that happens inside the program with your, 
your people and um, the families and like at the end of the day it's just like helping families and the, the girls just be better versions of themselves and grow and get better so love it thank you so much for sharing your time of course thank you Thanks for listening to this episode of The Family Brain. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with a friend or leave a review or rating that helps other people find the show. And you can check us out online, familybrainpodcast.com or on Instagram, Family Brain Podcast. We also have a Facebook group and that just helps me connect with all of you. And you can send me ideas for shows or comments. And thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.